We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Week 12 uh, show edition here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, here with Mr. Dank, Scat- Dank Stats, sorry for getting that wrong, uh, Scott Barrett from PFF and Tyler Beaker. Uh, Scott, I- I'm still slightly recovering. We had this Roto-Grinders party last weekend. It was a great party hosted by them and by Draft. Um, but you know what? It's Week 12. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, it's going to be a fun of NFL. We got like two huge absolutely huge days of NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pumped. Uh, also still a little, uh, sad that, that Calvin Johnson is not going to be on the Thanksgiving slate. He was just, uh, 
easy money every Thanksgiving for years. It was. I picked him up I, when those rumors were a couple of weeks ago in one of my dynasty leagues, just hoping something would happen to him. It didn't work out. He's just sitting on my bench there. Uh, Tyler, real quick, uh, hammer turkey. Uh, turkey. Oh, no, that's a get out of here. Scott, hammer turkey. Cornbread. Cornbread, yeah, that's always a good one, too. Uh, green, green bean casserole, Tyler, or sweet potato casserole? Uh, both. Two yeah. scoops of each. Two yeah. scoops of each. And stuffing, stovetop or homemade? Stovetop. Uh, Scott, stovetop or homemade? Too slow, Scott. Too slow, Scott. Stovetop. Uh, stovetop, for sure. My, my girlfriend, she mentioned pepper. They have Pepperidge Farm. I looked at her like a crazy person. I'm like, what is this nonsense for sure here? But, uh, but anyway, let's get into this Thursday slate here. Uh, we're going to do it a little differently. Normally, we just do have the one game, but we're just going to kind of have a conversation about the whole slate here between everybody, and then we'll get into our normal positional stuff. Uh, Tyler, I'll start with you here. Uh, a really fun slate, three big games. I think, uh, I don't know, I guess let's just start it off here. A couple of your favorite plays on the slate, something you're trying to do. How are you differentiating? The one thing I've noticed, trying to find like some guy in tournaments, it's going to be 10% or lower because to get a guy 10% or lower on the slate, I think is pretty tough. I'm, I'm drawing blanks here. So maybe you can help everybody else. Out. Yeah. Alternatively, I think a smart way to look at it is who you think could be the mega chalk and a guy yeah. like that um, price 3k more than any other running back on the slate is Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. I think I might go a full fade on him in uh, some of the cheaper tournaments. I've heard, a, I've heard a lot of people doing that because in lineup construction, it gets you the expensive receivers, at least on DraftKings. I've haven't messed around too much on FanDuel, even though I'll be playing there a lot here, the matchup, no Sean Lee. It's just, it's just like uh it's just freight trains. It's easy running. You, you sure you want to fade that? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like the uh, Cowboys are allowing 5.5 yards with, without Lee in the lineup and just 3.8 yards per carry when Lee is playing. So he's a huge difference maker in the run defense, but 14 points. I don't know. I think Melvin were to be a complete flop if he were to get that kind of fantasy point total. And he's seen that in three of his last four outings, putting up 14, 9.2, 5.4. And then he had a 23.9 explosive outbreak, but if he were to flop for sub 14 points, I think you can get that point total from maybe three to four, possibly five other running backs on the slate and not have to pay 8,100 and get that 3K savings to let you buy those expensive wide receivers that are going to be studs this week. Yeah, I agree as well on Melvin Gordon, just into lineup construction. You know, on DK, you got P Ryan. On FanDuel, they juiced him up a little bit. So it's a little bit tougher over there. We got McKinnon, Murray, Alf Morris. I think all those guys, even Darkwood could possibly come through. Uh, Scott, what's your take on Melvin Gordon? Easily the highest price player. I think in raw projections, I have him as the highest projected player too. So it's always rough trying to fade the guy you expect to score the most raw fantasy points on a small slate. Uh, how do you think we should handle this? Yeah, so um, just regarding those Sean Lee splits, uh, this season they've been drastic for sure. Uh, but what's weird is if you look over the past two seasons, the past three seasons, past four seasons, uh, it's really been a negligible difference for that defense where in terms of yards per carry, it actually improved without him for whatever reason. And that was a much larger sample though. Definitely. I see him as being a significant difference maker. What is interesting about Melvin Gordon is that through his first seven games of the season, he averaged 19.2 expected fantasy points per game. That was second among running backs behind only Le'Veon Bell. But uh, he's averaged just 11.2 expected fantasy points per game over his last three games. Granted, he was uh, coming in with an injury against the Patriots, and then uh, last week was a massive blowout, and he did see 100% of the team's first half snaps 
Still, Austin Eckler has outscored him by 19.5 fantasy points over the last two weeks, despite seeing 19 fewer opportunities. Um, you know, I, 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 I definitely understand the fade at that price, um, but uh, I, I think he's going to go off. Still, there are plenty of running backs to like, and I'm sure we'll get to a few in just a bit. Yeah, Tyler, favorite cheap running back for you. I like, uh, I think Alfred Morris is very intriguing. He's getting plenty of attempts. The yards per carry looks good. You can run on the Chargers. Uh, a little bit tougher to pass on them. And I think a lot of people like McKinnon too, simply because he gives you, you know, game script proof. If they fall behind, he's still, you know, he's going to get the passing game work. If they're ahead, he's still going to get his touches. It stinks when Latavius Murray gets the goal line touches. Uh, you got P. Ryan. Everybody's going to be playing P. Ryan. I don't know if we want to spend too much time on that. He's the clear chalk. Dark was like the dark horse, uh, pardon the pun there. Uh, I think he can get plenty of work here. Uh, really tough for me to choose here. I think it's Pirine, uh, Morris, McKinnon, Murray, Darkwa? I'm similar. Uh, I've got Pirine, Morris, Morris slash McKinnon. I'm kind of have them tied. McKinnon's uh, kind of elevating himself into my number two spot here in the running back pool. He's got 19 targets over his last three games, double-digit carries, I think, in his last six. The Lions are allowing the sixth most receptions to opposing running backs. So I think there's like a really great avenue for him to get fantasy points, uh, agnostic of game script. It is true that he and Latavius are in a true committee. They're sapping each other's ceilings, but I think whoever gets in the end zone this week um, could be the difference maker there for the Vikings. Uh, as far as like the dark horse, I think Darkwa is a really good play. He's coming off a 20 carry game against the Chiefs over his last six games. 16.5 touches, scoring twice. Washington just allowed Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara to both score 25-plus fantasy points against them. They've now allowed the third-most fantasy points to opposing backs on the year. Opponents are converting on 64.6% of the red zone trips into touchdowns against Washington. That's the fifth-worst rate in the league. So that really gives a, a sneaky high touchdown potential to Darkwa. And if the Giants can get to the red zone, I think Darkwood could far exceed his uh, value here and possibly turn the slate. Uh, Scott, give me a, a quick synopsis on those guys, and then uh, we're looking for a sleeper. Eckler, Abdullah, Riddick, you got anything else for me if we're looking for something off the radar there? Yeah, my top running backs this week is easily Melvin, uh, and just in terms of uh, projection per dollars, Melvin Gordon, Samaje Ryan, really close behind. Alf Morris really close behind that. And then the significant fall off uh, Alf Morris averaging 6.2 yards per carry gets Tyron Smith back. Uh, the chargers rank second worst in yards per carry allowed sixth worst in rushing fantasy points per game allowed. Uh, he just totaled 91 rushing yards in a brutal matchup against the Eagles. He had blowouts in two straight weeks, but I like this one mm -hmm. to be a little bit closer. Um, Darkwell, like you said, he, he saw season high in expected fantasy points last week. He's averaging a respectable 12.7 over the last three weeks. He actually ranks fourth best in yards per carry this season. I'm not sure if anyone knows that. Uh, still, I, I don't see them coming anywhere near uh, the positive game script he had last week. So he's, he's not really in play for me. Um, me and Tyler actually had a, a, a longer debate about Latavius Murray versus Jarek McKinnon uh, on last week's podcast. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is, is definitely the better runner than Latavius Murray. Uh, but he does have that touchdown upside and the matchups a little bit better for him again this week, just like it was last week. Detroit's allowing the fourth most rushing fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, but the 13th most receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. 
Um, and he ranks sixth worst against expectation over the past five weeks. And then Samaj P. Ryan is just a smash play given all the injuries uh, the Washington Redskins have suffered there. Uh, Tyler, quarterback position, I think everyone knows Kirk Cousins against the Giants. This looks like a, at home. Uh, some of the offensive line on a short week might be banged up, but it doesn't matter. They're going to have to pay the dude because he's just, he, you know, he's, he's been really good for them. And it looks like Doxon's emerging. A healthy Vernon Davis uh, has been pretty good here. You've got Crowder in the slot. Lots of targets there. Uh, I think he's the chalk. Rivers next in line. After that, I'm having trouble deciding who, who I got here. So I think those are the two clear ones. Let's shy away from those two, and let's see if there's any hidden gems you got for me with the other four quarterbacks. I'm going to disappoint you. Those are the only two quarterbacks I'm playing. Uh, I, there's six games or six quarterbacks here in just three games. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm going with guys that I think have high ceilings. Kirk Cousins has probably the highest floor and the highest ceiling. I think Rivers has a very high ceiling as well. Um, I'm not trying to go get too cute here. I'm playing those two quarterbacks. Uh, Scott, all right, let's try this again. <laughs> Cousins and Rivers are the chalk, Scott. What's the next? I'm thinking of maybe using Case Keenum. He's been playing pretty well here. It's like he's he easily has uh, the best overall targets, I think, out there. I think Dak Prescott certainly isn't this bad, but it's a lot tougher to pass on the Chargers than it is to run here. Uh, help me break a tie here if I'm trying to mix in a third quarterback. Yeah, Keenum ranks sixth in fantasy points per game over the past four weeks. Never thought I'd be able to say that. He's playing for um, his job. Like, if he struggles for even a half, they'll, they'll throw Bridgewater in there. That's also a reason not to play him, but yeah. Um, I, honestly, if if it, within the next like uh, 10 hours, it comes out that Sterling Shepard was chugging some nano bubbles or something and he's 100% good to go, uh, I think I'd go 50% Cousins, 50% Eli. Just mm -hmm. given uh, the Giants matchups, it's just so obvious to – they're a slot funnel and they're a tight end funnel defense – where the Giants are a slot funnel, tight end funnel offense. Uh, so those matchups just look so good there. So if Sterling Shepard is active, is full go, uh, I'm going to buck the trend on a low-owned Eli Manning for sure. All right, let's go to receiver. You mentioned Sterling Shepard. Uh, this is kind of iffy. I don't know. I think he's on the more doubtful side of questionable than the probable side of questionable. I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty tough for him to play, in my opinion here. Uh, so without him... Tyler, I think a lot of people, hey, Keenan Allen had 8 billion fantasy points last week. Let's slot him in. So did Adam Thielen. There's no way they can disappoint. Uh, how do you see handling them? I'm looking at our ownership projections here on the premium side. Uh, Keenan Allen projected to be uh, over 60% in tournaments. Adam Thielen over 50% in tournaments. Uh, what do you think of those ownerships? Are they worth fading, playing? Uh, how are you handling those two? No, I kind of agree. I think they're definitely going to be the chalk plays. Um, Adam Thielen is a guy, I think he has a chance to just completely smash. He's gone for 96, 41, 98, 166, and 123 over his last five games. He's well within that 100-yard three-point bonus that we try to seek here on DK. Um, he leads the team in both red zone targets and targets inside the 10-yard line. He's going to run in the slot here where he should avoid Darius Slay. That means he'll see a lot of Quandre Diggs in coverage. Prior to last week, Quandre Diggs had allowed a 123.3 passer rating when targeted against in the slot. That was the third highest rate among all slot cornerbacks. Thielen's the chalk, and I'm going to have a lot of it. Um, what do you think, Scott? Are those two – I mean, everyone's going to be jamming those in, and it comes at the expense of Melvin Gordon. Do you think that's a, a solid way to start your lineups this week? 
who was it, Janning and Thielen, and who was the other one? Yeah, Thielen and Allen, I think, are very clearly going to be uh, two of the higher-owned players when you compare. Melvin Gordon, too, a lot of people are going to be using him, but I think uh, I think sharp roster construction is Jamin and Thielen and, De- and Allen, and then uh, going to guys like P. Ryan, McKinnon, uh, and uh, Alfred Morris at running back. Uh, yeah, I don't know that Keenan Allen is the smash play people are making him out to be. Uh, Dallas is below average to opposing slot wide receivers. They're allowing the 13th most, uh, but they're not egregiously bad against the slot. Um, and then, uh, Detroit's a little bit worse. They're giving up the 10th most fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. Uh, the thing with, with Dallas is they're actually worse to opposing outside wide receivers. They're giving up the eighth most, but with Minnesota, you have this clear, um, kind of funnel where Darius Slay is going to be shadowing Quandre Diggs, which opens Thielen up. Uh, And I'm not sure that's necessarily the case with... uh The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue, or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. The Chargers, we did see Mike Williams hit a career high eight Mm -hmm. targets last week. Uh, I mean, I like Allen a lot, but uh, I have Thielen as a significantly better play. Um, What about the second tier, Tyler, guys like Diggs? Des Bryant, is he ever, this is one of those versus a good cornerback games, I think, here for Des Bryant, and we know how that works out. Uh, and expected fantasy points. He's way he's way underperforming, but that's because he's going up against tough cornerbacks basically every game this season. Uh, you got Jamison Crowder, I think, is going to be be the chalk kind of cost savings guy. Just Josh Doxson uh, looks like he's starting to break out a little bit, and he has that deep play. You throw it up to him, he catches it in the end zone. I think that's a possibility. Um, I don't know. I guess what are what are we doing here? I, I'm, I'm I think I'm doing like a full on fade of these Detroit receivers. That's just how I'm, I'm going to lie. Even if it's like 10 or 15 or we're looking at 25 or 20 percent, I don't know. I got to pick some battles somewhere. I think that's where I'm going to be doing a clear fade. In yeah, I think it's a strong fade, especially Marvin Lewis here. I think or I'm sorry, Marvin Jones. I think he's a strong fade. Marvin Lewis, also a fade. <laughs> also a strong fade. <laughs> uh, Golden Tate, I kind of like in the slot there. I think if they're going to make this a game, they're going to have to come back at some point and they'll be targeting Tate, who's their underneath guy. Um it's just tough. The Minnesota's defense very is very, very good. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't really fault you there at all. The guy I'll probably be going a full fade here is Des Bryant. He draws a really tough assignment here against Casey Hayward, who's PFF's number one graded cornerback now after last week. Hayward has shut down everyone he's lined against, against allowing just a 56.7 QB rating when targeted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the low yak that Des is posting now and the low um, average depth of target, it's pretty worrisome considering his lack of 100-yard outings. Uh, he has zero this season. Um, Des is a pricey guy that I think I'll, I'd probably rather fade and just hope um, Stefan Diggs is able to shake loose uh, against Darius Slay for a big game. Um, Des is the guy I'm going to be fading here to try to differentiate my wide receiver core. Uh, Scott, I'm looking at on DraftKings right now. So I'm looking for a receiver under $4,000. They're all kind of projected low. I'm trying to win uh, one of the big tournaments on DraftKings this week. Which guy belongs on my lineup um cheap guy uh well how about how about mike williams 3100 
Yeah, definitely worth taking a shot on him. I like currently that. projected at two percent uh, uh, on our premium for premium right now. Uh, then that's the guy, uh, Ryan Grant's in consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, as gross as that sounds, um, Cole Beasley has a really strong matchup in the slot against the Chargers, who are allowing the third most fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. But you're never going to feel good about playing Cole Beasley. Uh, but yeah, two w- touchdowns in one game already this year, and then absolutely <laughs> nothing in every single other game. Pretty much. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Beasley's actually projected much higher than I expected at 15% right now. I don't know. I think that's probably, it's just, if he gets in the end zone, you're good at that price, but it's very hard to see Cole Beasley getting in the end zone, even though his matchup's pretty good here. Um, tight end. We'll kind of round it out here. Uh, I'll stick with you here, Scott. So there's a lot to like here. We've got, um, I, I guess in a vacuum, do you want Big Vern or you want Evan Ingram? Uh, and I'm going to suspect Sands, Sterling Shepard. I tried the Evan Ingram, Sands, Sterling Shepard last week. Uh, I was left with a bitter taste here. Should I go back to it or is it Vernon Davis? Um, so it can be both. <laughs> and a lot of my lineups do have that to try and differentiate myself. Sharp. Um, but if, if I had to, if I had gun to my head, uh, I think I would go Evan Ingram. I think people are going to be scared off of last week's dud, uh, but he still ranks sight slightly higher than Vernon Davis in expected fantasy points per game over the past three weeks, uh, slightly higher and just ahead of Vernon Davis. Um, Vernon Davis's matchup is um, probably a little bit better. Uh, it's but, the Giants, of course it is. But yeah, but, <laughs> but it, really is, it really isn't though. Ingram Ingram's is really good as well. Uh, the Redskins currently ranked fourth worst again, uh, over expectation to opposing tight ends after ranking third worst last season. Uh, so I, I really like both of these guys a lot though. Um, favorite non Vernon Davis or Evan Ingram tight end Tyler. I'll be pivoting down to Hunter Henry, who could be like 10% owned, maybe. What tops. happened to this dude? He was rocking it, and now there's just nothing coming from him. It's the emergence of Mike Williams. He's taken over snaps and targets. Um, I think Hunter Henry's been a – he's like on the back of a mil, uh, milk carton lately. But um, the Chargers have a pretty exploitable matchup here against the middle of the field if Sean Lee were to miss. In three of the four games without Lee this year, Dallas has allowed the following receiving stat lines to opposing tight ends, four for 55. Five for 93, seven for 59 in a score. So there is some potential there for Hunter Henry if uh, if you want to use him. He's only 3,300. Uh, I do like the idea of double stacking tight ends this week. Uh, you can mix it up even more so by mixing up one of the stud tight ends and Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Gates dropped that wide open touchdown pass last week too. He's, he's 2,500, just saying. They still want to target him down there in a little bit. He, uh, he got probably, the record. I don't know what he's still doing out there. Probably won't do that. So, uh, I don't know. I guess that's some quick thoughts on the Thursday analysis, uh, the Thursday slate for you. Uh, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving out there. But, Scott, it's time to move on to the Sunday slate here because a lot of people w- listen to this on podcast or watch it on demand. Uh, so let's get back to our normal format. Uh, save some time. We cut out our duds, although Scott's been pretty on fire with his duds lately. Uh, I think Tyler's had some good hits too. So maybe if we have time, you can just think of one off the top of your head. Uh, but Scott, let's go to quarterback. Uh, I did a uh, cash game show for the premium members today. And uh, our cash game quarterback I came up with with head chopper and hoop. Uh, was your stud, Mr. Russell Wilson. Uh, basically, he's a running back mixed with a quarterback right now. And uh, late season, Russell Wilson has arrived. 
Right. So I think the last time I, or maybe not the last time, but the first time I had him as a stud, he was in the exact same matchup. And then the next week I, I panicked and wrote him up as a dud and then he proceeded to go up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really love this matchup. So S- San Francisco for two years has been the team to stream running backs against. And, and now they're without Mike Davis, who kind of uh, surprised some people last week. So really the only two running backs who might see a lot of work on the ground are Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls. They combined for a disgusting 2.28 yards per carry average on a combined 100 carries. Uh, I like J.D. McKissick a lot, actually. Uh, He's in play, and he's not necessarily antagonistic to Wilson's fantasy success. He's seen 11 targets and 12 carries the last two weeks, and I'm hoping Seattle sort of uses him as an extension of the running game. Yeah, to me, it just just props up Wilson even more because that's like McKissick should easily be the lead back, in my opinion. Exactly. I'm in complete agreement. Um, so, so like I said, Wilson disappointed the last time these two teams played, uh, but I'm kind of just ch- chalking that up to variance. Uh, San Francisco ranks fourth worst to quarterbacks against expectation over the past five weeks. He ranks seventh worst in opposing passer rating, fourth worst in fantasy points per drop back. Since the last time he faced San, Fr- faced San Francisco, so since week, week three, Russell Wilson is averaging 26.6 fantasy points per game or 4.3 fantasy points per game, more than the next closest quarterback. See, your problem, Scott, was we you, we used Russell Wilson early in the season, and we know to never, ever, ever do that again. It's always late season, Russell Wilson. Uh, if you happen to come across 700 extra DraftKings dollar dues, Tyler, I mean, no one can argue that Tom Brady makes for an elite play. Uh, they don't really have a running game anymore. They just kind of use an extension of it. Uh, 300 yards, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. It's all in the wheelhouse this week. Yeah, I'm going to keep using him in tournaments until he proves otherwise. He's thrown for multiple touchdowns in four of his last five. He's at the 300-yard mark in six of ten this year. Miami is the fourth-best matchup per against quarterbacks per PFF's positional matchup chart. Football, out, football outsiders tends to agree, ranking them 31st in past DVOA. Miami's cornerbacks and linebackers are – pretty exploitable in pass coverage and i'm expecting brady to tear them to shreds new england's currently implied for a slate leading 32.25 points i wouldn't be shocked if almost all those points came on the arm of brady oh yeah i could completely agree with that it's just i can save 700 DraftKings dollars and use russell wilson but in tournaments 700 dollars. this week is a really fun week of dfs on sunday because there are a ton of different ways to make your lineups this week i think it's one of the more fun weeks uh, in Sunday DFS in a while here. So, uh, Scott, let's go dumpster diving here. And there are some really intriguing dumpster plays on DraftKings this week. I'm looking at guys like Matt Moore could possibly be in play. C.J. Beathard uh, against the Seattle defense that just doesn't really look right good. But you're going to the biggest dumpster possibly of them all in Paxton Lynch. But this more has much more to do uh, with the Raiders defense than Paxton Lynch. Yeah, man. Uh, don't don't love Paxton Lynch as a talent, a guy who couldn't beat out Trevor Simeon earlier in the season. Uh, but it's the single best possible matchup, and he's cheap enough on DraftKings. So let me just tell you about how historically bad this Oakland Raiders defense is. Uh, so they're allowing the second most fantasy points per drop back to opposing quarterbacks. Okay, all right. The currently ranked last in the league with an opposing passer rating of 113.2. Okay, that's pretty bad. 
But uh, for perspective, that passer rating, if owned by a single quarterback, would tie Tony Romo's 2014 season for the sixth best passer rating of all time on lists with guys like Peyton Manning on there twice, Tom Brady on there once, Aaron Rodgers on there once. The Raiders are the first team in NFL history with zero interceptions through their first nine games, their first 10 games. Only the Giants have recorded fewer sacks this season. Uh, Tom Brady, 339 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions last week. Okay, it's Tom Brady. But the Oakland's game before that, Jay Cutler threw for 311 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions in his entire 148-game career. That was his first such game with at least 300 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. My point is, if Jay Cutler could do it, I mean, my, come on. So you think Paxton Lynch can do it? Could, could Peterman do it? That's my question to you. <laughs> Would the Raiders get an interception against Peterman? Do you think that's possible? Well, my, my other stat was uh, Nathan Peterman literally had the worst game in 40 years by a quarterback, and probably not. Yeah, just absolutely horrible by him. Glad they went back to Tyrod. Uh, let's go with your value. He's sneaky I, this week, by the way. I like this, Tyler. Now, Tyler, I don't, I don't know if you're like bias here because you share the same color as this man, but he's going up against Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland does give up a ton of touchdowns, even though they, I don't know, they don't really allow a ton of yards either in the ground or the air, it seems like here. But you want Andy Dalton. Uh, what's the like here? Kind of a really nice mid-tier value if you want to go there this week. Yeah, I mean, to start, he's very good looking. He has red hair. Um, so th that's going for him. That's already and, worth like 500 DraftKings dollars. Eddie's going against the Browns. I mean, in their earlier matchup against them, he threw for 286 and four touchdowns against them. That was back in week four. Cleveland is allowing the fourth most passing touchdowns, eighth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. They continue to be a funnel defense where it's difficult to run on them, much more easy to pass on them. I think that's the way the Bengals are going to play this as well. Dalton has thrown multiple touchdowns in four of his last five games. And I really like the idea of stacking him with Tyler Croft as a very cheap way uh, to get the stud running backs in cash and uh, provide some salary relief. Yeah, did Croft, he was limited today, I see, in practice. we got to see what's going on with that. So, uh, yeah, tight ends against uh, the, the Browns. Automatic touchdowns, almost like tight. That's why I like Vernon Davis. You just take them. It's either Travis Kelsey going berserk or a touchdown, seems like, uh, all season long there. So uh, no duds at quarterbacks. We've got to speed it up because we spent so much time on the Thanksgiving slate. Uh, so we'll go into running backs. And, Scott, I'll start with you. All right. He burned me last week. You are the Kareem Hunt truther. Uh, Andy Reid, I think, gave him four first-half carries last week, and then he was like, why am I throwing the ball into 25 mile per hour wins? Let's give it to my best player on offense. And then Kareem Hunt, he started to get going. Um, I think this Bills defense might possibly be bad here. Do you have any statistics on that? So, so let me just start off by saying I am getting trashed by all of my followers <laughs> for being so madly in love with Kareem Hunt, regardless of it was great Andy for like Reed's four usage. weeks when he was hitting 50 yard runs. You're running around there shaking your fist. It's not so good right now. It was the great greatest four weeks of my life for sure. Uh, so if he does not finish as a top six running back this week, I'll do something embarrassing. I'll, I'll shave my beard and rock a mustache on next week's show or something uh, <laughs> to make amends. Um, and, and just to be clear, I have Le'Veon Bell and Gurley ahead in my projections, but I have Hunt at number three and he, his salary has come down. The the Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. 
From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at WoodhouseMazda.com. Okay, guys, we got to put our trays up for takeoff. Where's Dad? Oh, he's in the back. We could only get three seats together. Daddy has my pillow. We'll get it later. Can you not put your feet up, please? Why aren't we going? <sighs> we must be in line for takeoff. Like security? Well, that was a different line. I have to go. We just sat down. But I have to go. The seatbelt sign's on. Why aren't we moving? Hey, you no picking. We're just 15th in line for takeoff. Son of a... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. His uh, ownership is going to be a lot lower uh, given last week's uh, pseudo disappointment. So uh, Hunt ranks 12th in expected fantasy points per game among running backs, fourth in actual fantasy points per game. Uh, his expected fantasy average has dropped off by 0.7 over the past four weeks. Uh, so what does that mean? He's essentially Alvin Kamara with slightly better usage, but a worse offensive line and shakier game script. But the matchup's amazing. He's up against the Buffalo Bills defense, allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs and a league worst 42.7 fantasy points per game since trading away Marcel Darius. That's 7.3 more than the next closest defense. Check my Twitter for some more recent stats on how, how much better Jacksonville's gotten, how much worse Buffalo has gotten. But they've gone from fifth best to se- second worst in yards per carry, seventh best to dead last in rushing yards per game. They've also allowed 10 rushing touchdowns over this stretch, five more than the next closest defense. And what are they doing through the air? Still the fourth most reception, sixth most receiving yards over that stretch. People want to talk about a drop-off in efficiency for Hunt, but it's just not true. From weeks one through five, he ranks second best in PFF's elusive rating. The thing I care most about when looking at a running back's efficiency. And then through weeks six and 11, he ranks first in elusive rating. The offensive it's crazy when you want like he he doesn't like run super fast. People just bounce off of him. Nobody can tackle him. Like it, it makes a lot of sense why he's up there. He's the sexiest running back I've ever watched on tape. He, he just somehow uh, forces a missed tackle, uh, fights for every single extra yard, insane balance. Uh, but I, I just want to mention the offensive line has been playing poorly. Uh, they were very banged up. Everyone's healthy this week. That was the same thing last week, too, and they didn't really perform too well, but uh, I'm a little optimistic there. Um, Tyler, now I like Todd Gurley, too, and the Saints matchup could get super juicy. They could be down their top two cornerbacks. That could just help the Rams move the ball up and down the field here. So maybe you both went over Todd Gurley, but I think I'm paying up for him personally. Uh, Tyler, you want to go with LaShawn McCoy. Uh, I think this might have to do with Tyrod Taylor possibly uh, being the quarterback here. Uh, so why should I spend uh, a little bit – Less, only 300 less DraftKings dollars uh, than Todd Gurley, who seems like one of the biggest locks of the week. No, I agree. Todd Gurley is the lock for me. I think in cash and tournaments, he's a great play. Uh, I honestly thought Scott was going to talk about Gurley, which is why I pivoted to someone <laughs> like else. Scott's going to not talk about Kareem Hunt. Come on. He hasn't had more than 11 fantasy points in three straight weeks. It ends. Scott, you can't write him up next week if it doesn't work out. Yeah, deal, deal. Okay, I'm going to go with Shady here. I think he's a great tournament option. He gets back. Tyrod Taylor. This Thanksgiving, I'm most thankful for not having to see Nathan Peterman play in Week 12. (laughs) I think Tyrod back really elevates this offense as a whole, and it's a quality matchup here despite them being on the road. The Chiefs are allowing the seventh most rushing yards, 
third most rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs. McCoy's touches have gone down after three consecutive blowouts, but I'd imagine that this game is a lot tighter than the current 10 point spread Vegas has it set up for. Um, that spread makes it more of a GPP play for me than anything. And I think he's going to go fairly low owned compared to the other top running backs like Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. I think those guys are both in great spots as well. People, and- people play Ingram, Hunt, Gurley for sure before they even sniff McCoy. Yeah, I think he could go very low owned and uh, that third most rushing touchdowns a lot of running backs. That's something I'm going to pursue. Um, so I think on McCoy, very strong case there in Kansas City. And you you think this spread a little iffy, like Tyrod Taylor in Kansas City. I know Tyrod struggles on the road and Kansas City's good at home, but I don't know. It seems a little off to me. Are you in agreement? Yeah, I mean, they've got Darrell, Darrell Revis now. I think Tyrod should just throw all over him. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw Darrell Revis back in game shape, I heard. So be careful. Be careful out there. Revis, <laughs> Revis Island. Um, let's go back to Scott for a value running back. Uh, there's a lot of them. I'm, I'm going to mention some names along the way here. Uh, but yours, uh, slight, I don't know. I think it's a slightly high price for Tevin Coleman. But when Devontae Freeman doesn't look like he's going to play here, the matchup, uh, a lot better than it was last week. Uh, is, is he expensive? I, I think he's super cheap on FanDuel. Yeah, $6,500. I got DraftKings pulled up in front of me here. So he's 6500 on DK right now. Yeah, so he he's a great value. I think he's my top running back value on FanDuel easily. Seen 20 carries in back-to-back weeks. Uh, he did have a brutal matchup last week against the Seahawks, uh, who lead the league in yards per, carry, uh, yards per carry allowed if you take away just two kind of uh, longer runs. Uh, Tampa Bay is definitely a beatable uh, defense. Uh, I get a little easy, uh, lazy on this one just because I thought it was so easy, you know. Uh, d- definitely more so on FanDuel, but uh, I'm kind of locking him in there. Yeah, I think Coleman on an excellent, excellent play. Uh, I sure hope so. I need him in a couple of leagues uh, that I have this week. Uh, Tyler, you're going a little off the board. Uh, you're hoping DeMarco Murray gets the lion's shares of carry. You got some good stats to back it up here. Uh, I certainly think he's going to go under most people's radar this week. So sell me out. Yeah. Another contrarian play here. I'm a bit surprised by DeMarco Murray's price tag. I think it's 5,200, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a bit too cheap, I think for Murray and what we can expect from him this week. Um, Colts haven't beat both on the ground and through the air by opposing running backs. I think they're top 10 in most yards allowed to each. The last time these two teams played each other, Tennessee ran for 171 yards and two touchdowns. That's combined from both DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. However, I'm expecting a lot more of that to fall on Murray this time around. Since their week eight bye, Murray has seen over 75% of the team's offensive snaps. Derrick Henry has seen just 30. So he's seen a lot more volume and touches that way. Tennessee is posting the third highest run play percentage in the red zone. So if if the Titans are able to get into the red zone against the Colts, shouldn't be that much of an issue. It provides very high odds for Murray to get into the red zone here for or gets into the end zone here for a score. And uh, that's all I'm really looking for in tournaments are guys that have a lot of volume, a lot of snaps, and touchdown upside. Uh, Scott, I'm going to throw some running backs at you that I think are pretty good values too on DraftKings. So I'm looking at Carlos Hyde. He's 5,500, basically game script proof. Uh, it's against Seattle, so a tough matchup. But uh, PPR, hey, if they're one-yard receptions, those count for a lot of fantasy points. I'll take those. I'm looking cheap too. I see some people like Joe Mixon, but that that Cleveland defense is such a uh, pass funnel uh, compared to run. And I don't, I don't know, Mixon just hasn't really been good at all this year. I'm fading that one. I'm going down to, uh, can I interest you in a Devante Booker, uh, Mr. Looks Like Lead Back of Denver. Maybe your Paxton Lynch play doesn't work out, and they focus on the run against Oakland here. Uh, he's 3,700. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on a couple of those guys? Yeah, so I'm looking at my top value plays on DraftKings right now. Uh, in no particular order, uh, I see Joe Mixon, gross, but super cheap. Uh, Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson, uh, Carlos Hyde, DeMarco Murray, and Devontae Booker, who I thought was going to be a super sneaky play, uh, but we can talk about him when we get to uh, my actual opportunity article. All right, so we'll talk about him in a second. Well, speaking of your actual opportunity article, Scott, it's time for that part of the program uh, where I bring up some of the cool stuff behind the paywall over at Pro Football Focus. Uh, so, Scott, I've got your article. Uh, maybe some of the people are new here, so tell them what you what goes into this article and then a couple of your favorite plays on here. It looks uh, looks a lot like Christmas with all the green and red here. On your <laughs> so so uh, pretty much I'm looking at expected fantasy points based on a player's uh, volume. And it's not just simple targets and carries. It goes much deeper than that. It, it looks at a 10-season sample size of play-by-play -play data, looking at every single target by uh, depth of target and distance from the end zone, every single carry by down and distance and distance from the end zone. So uh, carries near the end zone, targets in the end zone, near the end zone, deep targets, those are worth more than a typical target on the 50-yard line uh, with an average depth of target of three. Um, so what I do each week in this space is I highlight uh, some guys who stood out from the previous week, guys seeing an uptick in volume, a decrease in volume, like Melvin Gordon we talked about earlier, uh, guys exceeding expectations in terms of efficiency or not, um, and really just looking at guys who should be values in DFS. Carlos Hyde is a guy I mentioned here. Car Corey Coleman, another guy I mentioned here, Lamar Miller, Samaj P. Ryan. But Devontae Booker, I thought I, was, I thought I was sneaky. I didn't think anyone else was on him. He saw a season high in snap share. Last week, 58.5% season high in carries, targets, and expected fantasy points. Could see a larger workload after C.J. Anderson lost a fumble that arguably cost the Broncos a victory. He also has a very favorable matchup. Uh, he's led Denver's running backs and targets in five of their last six games. Meanwhile, Oakland ranks 19th in rushing fantasy points per game allowed to opposing running backs, uh, but are allowing the second most receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, which is where he excels. Uh, so I like him a lot as a sneaky, cheap DFS option on DraftKings in particular. 3,700. So I always talk I always talk about the Pat Thorman article. That's something that's pretty much in one of my, I maybe read five to six articles a week. That was always one of them. And Scott, over the past couple of weeks, you've grown on me, my friend. I have now added this into my weekly rotation. It's a great read for anybody uh, there's a whole lot of good information on this. So uh, make sure if you have a PFF subscription, uh, I think it's about $39.99 for the season, you check this out. Uh, it's some advanced stuff that you'll only get from Scott on Pro Football Focus. Uh, Tyler, uh, I want to hit on uh, – this is this is a little bit more in the advanced package on Pro Football Focus. So it's a little bit more uh, for the like true hardcore DFS grinders. You're trying to get every edge that you can. This is where we come up with all these cool statistics we talk about. So – I pulled up some cornerback slot coverage. You mentioned Quandre Diggs, so I've highlighted him. Uh, there's another one. We're going to talk about a receiver here in a second. Uh, if I look at cover snaps per target in the league, uh, Mr. Quan Williams of San Francisco. I believe, I believe there's this guy called Doug Baldwin who he gets to match up against here. So explain what's going on on this page for everybody, and then uh, we'll transition into your Doug Baldwin. 
Yeah, there's a lot of great information here. This is part of our elite package, 199 for the year, but you get so much information from this that it's well worth it. Um, if you're looking at- If you're good with spreadsheets too, <laughs> like there's a nice export to CSV and then you can color code. I do this uh, for a couple of things on PFF too. It makes it very easy. You color code and boom, you got all your information you need. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Um, when when in slot coverage, uh, this just defines when these cornerbacks are targeted in, in the slot. One thing I really like to use is the NFL rating allowed. Uh, we're seeing a lot of guys that allow a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards. Um, these it's are all the guys we hit on. We talk about all these guys every week. There are targets for a reason. They're bad in coverage. <laughs> um, but going back to Quan Williams, 4.4 cover snaps per target. He's just getting targeted relentlessly when in coverage. 44 targets over 192 snaps. It's on 311 yards, a ton of yards after the catch. I think that's. I think that bodes very well for Doug Baldwin this week in uh, this NFC West matchup that they're going to have. Yeah, so that'll. Uh, we'll go from this here. Let's talk a little bit more about Doug Baldwin here. So on receivers, he's your stud of the week here. Uh, we all we liked um, Russell Wilson. And I like, I don't know, I, I don't know, this uh, is San Francisco, I forgot, is there safety back that plays really good defense against tight ends? I forgot about that. Um, but if that is the case, uh, maybe we see Doug Baldwin kind of kind of just destroy Kawan Williams' soul this week, in my opinion, Tyler. Are you talking about Jaquiski Tart? Yeah, is he back? Uh, I think he's IR for the rest of the year. Oh, all right, perfect. So maybe yeah. we can still play Doug Baldwin. This is all just more reasons to love Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I love Russ this week. I think that's a great call, I'm especially bearing in with Doug Baldwin here in the slot against Quan Williams. Williams is our 114th graded cornerback out of 118 qualifying. He's allowing a 77% completion rate on targets thrown against him. Baldwin has seen double-digit targets in just three of his last five games, but he still managed to reach the end zone and or put up 90 receiving yards in four of those games. Over the last three games, Seattle has really turned into a heavy pass play offense. They rank fourth in pass play percentage during that span. And um, this matchup really bodes well in the slot here for Williams, where the 49ers just allowed an 11 catch, 142 yard stat line to Sterling Shepard prior to their bye. I think Baldwin could go bananas here. Yeah, I love uh, Doug Baldwin. Now, Scott, I want to give you credit because I'm at the Roto Grinders party. It's Sunday morning. I maybe, maybe I partook in a lot of adult beverages Saturday night. Maybe I wasn't feeling myself here. So I, I'm laying in my bed. It's about 30 minutes to lineup lock, and i got to set my cash team. And in my head, I'm like, Scott told me to play Brandon Cooks last week because it was awesome. So I put him in there. I put Tom Brady. I, I somehow found Larry Fitzgerald. I luck boxed into that, and I had myself a good week here. You're telling me – so I'm looking at your stud here, and I didn't look at this before the show. I can't believe my eyes here. You want, you want me to spend my money on Julio Jones – who's gotten in the end zone just once this year here, you're going to have to do some serious convincing. For me. Right. Uh, so part of this is because uh, I developed a new model with uh, Roto Grinders own Mike Beers. I see that on Twitter every now and then. Right. And uh, the first time I tweeted it out, it said avoid Ster Sterling Shepard isn't as great of a play as everyone thinks. He didn't play. But the second one and only other one was Keenan Allen against Buffalo. Uh, and this is kind of a similar thing with Julio Jones. Basically, everywhere where he's being targeted is where uh, Atlanta, Atlanta uh, not Atlanta, um, Tampa Bay is really vulnerable. Uh, Sanu has a great matchup as well. They're allowing the most fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. Uh, but I really like Julio, and I think this is the week he breaks out. Uh, although I know a few of us have said that a couple times. Uh, so over the last three years, Julio has uh, scored 40.2. 
and 28.1 DraftKings fantasy points against Tampa Bay. They rank last in fantasy points per game over expectation to opposing wide receivers. He's running 40% of his routes from left wide receiver, which means he should see Robert McLean for the plurality of this game. He grades out 116th of 119 qualifying cornerbacks. They are giving up the fifth most fantasy points per game to opposing left wide receivers. Tampa Bay ranks fifth worst in fantasy points per game, seventh worst in fantasy points per target to opposing receivers on deep targets. Julio ranks fifth in the league in deep targets. He also ranks seventh in end zone targets, eighth in total targets. I don't think volumes as wait, bad wait, as – Wait, you said seventh in end zone targets for Julio Jones. Are you Is your spreadsheet correct? Because he has one touchdown in the year. I can't believe that. Exactly my point. <laughs> he is too good. He is due for positive regression. Uh, he is our second highest graded wide receiver of the season, just behind Antonio Brown leaves the league in yards for route run. It's going to come and it's going to come this week. All right. So uh, I'm just going to play Brandon cooks again. Cause I think he's going to smash, especially if Hogan doesn't play again here, uh, but Julio Jones looks pretty tasty. Uh, let's go value wide receiver. There's a bunch out here. Uh, I think we could talk about here. Uh, Tyler, you like DeMarco Murray. Uh, but let's go to Corey Davis here, 4,900 on DraftKings. Yeah, I'm back to the Titans here. I really like this matchup here against the Colts. I'll be playing a lot of Mariota and bringing it back with a lot of different Titans plays. Corey Davis has really drawn my attention here. He's just 4,900, provides a lot of salary relief. He runs 87% of his routes on the outside with 53% of that coming as a left wide receiver. That means he'll run the majority of his routes against Pierre Desir. And uh, the Colts play a stationary cornerback scheme where their cornerbacks stick, stick to their sides. So anytime Corey Davis runs from the left, he'll be against Desir. 92 cornerbacks have played more snaps in coverage than Desir, yet Desir ranks tied for 18th for the most touchdowns allowed in coverage. He's currently our number 101 graded cornerback, and he's really struggled so far in 2017. Davis has seen 22 targets since coming back after their week eight bye, and he's neck and neck with Rashard Matthews for playing time. They're separated by just one snap. Richard was the big play guy last week against Pittsburgh, but he draws the, the much tougher matchup here against Rashawn Melvin. I'm going to go with Corey Davis here as the much far superior play given his matchup here against this year. I think it could be his turn to reach that 100-yard plateau and a score against the Colts who are allowing the third most receiving yards to opposing wideouts. Uh, I think Corey Davis, a uh, great contrarian play this week because here's some guys, uh, and I guess we'll just kind of talk about this really quick here. I'm going to name some guys here. I'm looking at Cooper Cup, who it looks like uh, New Orleans might be without like two of their best uh, cornerbacks. I'm also looking at Sammy Watkins for that same reason. Scott's got Kenny Stills coming up here. I'm looking at Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I'm go. I'm even going down to to cheaper guys. Dare dare I say uh, who what who is this? Uh, Dontrell Inman, uh, who yes. might have a positive game script for PPR on DraftKings this week. There is a ton. I got Emmanuel Sanders too, Scott, to go with your Paxton Lynch play. Uh, I think they're way too cheap here. There's so many good cheap receivers on DraftKings. This is why it's extremely fun week for me, a lot of different ways to mix and match. Uh, so Scott, uh, Kenny Stills, uh, Matt Moore, uh, I don't know. Now, now this isn't the CJ uh, Beathard, uh, who is it? Uh, Kittle's like shower connection, but these two must shower in like the same, same area uh, because these guys are on another level when they play together. I don't know where you got that value wide receiver list from, but those are all the same guys I'm on as well. So nice list there. Uh, I will add though that uh, Marshawn Lattimore being out uh, 
is actually a negative for Cooper Cup, I imagine. It's part of the reason why maybe Crowder didn't explode like many of us thought he would. Uh, but still, either, I mean, either way. Crowder was fine last week. It was like seven for 74. I'll take that all, all day, every day for his, uh, his salary. I had a ton of exposure, so maybe I was a little disappointed. But uh, either way, Cooper Cup's a great play. Yeah, I like Kenny Stills uh, if Matt Moore plays. So over the last two seasons, in the seven games Matt Moore has made an appearance, uh, Stills has averaged 18.5 fantasy points per game. In all other 19 games, he's averaged just 8.8 fantasy points per game. While 18.5 fantasy points per game would be tied with OBJ for third best among wide receivers this season, and a 10-point swing is crazy, that doesn't even tell us the whole story. So over the past two seasons, among all 208 receivers to run at least 200 routes with a single specific quarterback, the Matt Moore to Kenny Stills connection ranks eighth in yards per route run, fourth in fantasy points uh, per route run, and first in fantasy points per target. Uh, up there with guys like uh, Odell Beckham Jr., A.J. Green, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, and New England has been much better lately, especially deep, but he's still ranked fourth worst in fantasy points per game allowed to receivers on deep targets and stills ranks eighth in the league in deep targets despite ranking 39th in total targets. Uh, Cutler remained in the concussion protocol today on Wednesday. Who knows what happens? Uh, I, if, if Cutler plays, no Kenny Stills, I would assume. Uh, I'd be more apt to right. like a Jarvis Landry or Devontae yeah. Parker. And then uh, if more plays, uh, Kenny Stills. Jarvis Landry, too, I still think is funny. He's catching touchdowns. I, I like his price uh, in a very good passing game script. So uh, just a, a couple other – I want to throw a couple other receivers at you. So I'm looking at Elshon Jeffrey. Does anybody have strong takes on him, a very reasonable price? Does that, does that make a lot of sense to you guys? Revenge game, too. Let's yeah. do it. Everything's rocked in there. Um, Demarius Thomas. Larry Fitzgerald is the one guy I'm having trouble with, Scott. So – Against Jacksonville, he's 5,600 on DraftKings. He's very clearly basically the only passing game target here. How are you? How would you handle him this week? We saw Hopkins kind of come through. This is basically the Denard Hopkins or DeAndre Hopkins uh, conundrum from last week where the price is so cheap because it's against Jacksonville, uh, but the talent is certainly there. So what do you think we should do there? Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville ranks uh, best in the league in fantasy points per game, best in the league in fantasy points per target to opposing slot wide receiver. It's the single toughest matchup. Um, but we know he's going to get fed the ball and we know he's still producing at an elite level. Uh, I'd definitely be more apt to play Jacksonville's defense than I would play mm -hmm. Larry Fitzgerald, but he is still a low ownership guy uh, worthy of taking a few shots on in, in tournaments. But uh, there, there are a few guys at a similar price range. I like more. All right, Tyler, let's get to some tight ends here. And I don't know if I agree with you on this one because I'm seeing Dwayne Allen. I'm seeing Martellus Bennett all over the field. And I think New England is like, Rob Gronkowski, we got this. We're going to get to the playoffs. And then when we get there, we're going we're gonna to let you play a lot. And I don't know if I trust him all the time. The, the Patriots are so good. They like to throw to those running backs here. I think I'd still take uh, Kelsey over him this week if I'm paying up here. Uh, why should I like uh, Gronkowski? I mean, so, he is 6,900 on DraftKings, so I get it. It's a very nice price for him. Uh, <laughs> this is a week where we're going to see a lot of people paying up for running backs, given that they're all in great matchups. It makes a ton of sense. 
Uh, I'll be going a bit contrarian here, targeting Julio, targeting these higher price wide receivers, and I'll be targeting high price tight ends as well, just to differentiate my lineups that way. It's a really great matchup here for Gronk. Miami's terrible against opposing tight ends. They're allowing the second most receptions, seventh most receiving yards, and fourth most receiving touchdowns to the position. Over the last three weeks, they allowed four sixty-four and one to Tampa Bay, three thirty-three and one to Carolina, and eight one twenty-six and zero to Oakland. Gronk is that type of player who can combine all those outings into one. Uh, given his 26% market share of air yards and 20% market share of the team's total targets, he's just still a very huge integral piece of this offense. This is a home team with a massive implied team total. This is like fundamentally one of mm-hmm. our priorities when we're selecting tight ends. Uh, I'm not really worried about Martellus Bennett or um, Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen saw what was it, his first catch two weeks ago, and Martellus Bennett. They're just on the field a lot. It's just it's a little. It's a. I just worry. I, I wonder if Bill Belichick's like Gronk. I know you're hurt. You just relax till the playoffs. We got this. You can worry about that, but uh, just the upside there with Gronk, like 25 plus points, is very, very with well within his range of outcomes. Um, Scott, what's what's your take on Gronk? Because these you got some guys. I'd rather play Travis Kelsey. I'd rather play Ertz. Jimmy Graham, Delaney Walker, Jared Cook, Jack Doyle. I'd play all those guys over Gronk. Yeah, I'd, I'd play Gronk. It's a, <laughs> a top five matchup and a, a top one uh, pass catching tight end all time. I'll do it. I mean, the, the snap count's still there, so I'm not worried about uh, Martellus Bennett. But um, I get it. He has disappointed in two straight extra soft matchups. Um but uh, yeah, Travis Kelsey is another guy I like. Jimmy Graham is another guy I like for the same reasons uh, we talked about before. Jaquiski Tart being out yep. means this is now a bottom five uh, defense against expectation to opposing tight ends. Jimmy Graham actually ranks second among all tight ends in expected fantasy points per game. If Russell Wilson's throwing some touchdown passes, uh, I'd bet Jimmy Graham sees the highest percentage of those red zone and end zone targets. Greg Olson for me is would be a stud on FanDuel, but he's actually a value on DraftKings. This yeah, week. if I need – so let's say Sunday comes out and, hey, we hear from somebody, hey, Greg Olson's going to play 70% of the snaps. What, what's like the snapper? How much do you need him to play? Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that sounds about right. Anything more than – 60, 70% on DraftKings where he's way too cheap. On FanDuel, it's a bit of a riskier play. Yeah, so like Greg Olson, he's someone uh, I'm eyeing. If, if word comes Sunday morning and he's going to get a full snap count, uh, I currently like Jack Doyle quite a bit, and we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, I might find $300 extra to go up to Greg Olson because that price is just way too cheap on DraftKings. Um, your value, uh, Tyler, you've got Tyler Croft, and it's very simple. It's the flow chart of tight ends against Cleveland. Uh, it's the on Thursday. It's the tight ends against the Giants here. You just follow it. And uh, Croft had a absolutely massive game uh, earlier this year against Cleveland. Yeah, I don't really have much to add. Follow the flow chart. Last time he played Cleveland, he got 24.8 fantasy points, scoring two touchdowns. Flow chart it is. Tyler Croft doesn't play. Yeah, I think that. And Scott, you've got a good one. I mentioned his name here. Now, everybody, let's if Greg Olson's going to play a ton of snaps, is going to use him. And then everybody's going to use Jack Doyle. People are going to use Croft. And the rest of the cheap tight ends, depending on who plays, kind of look a little sketchy here. So uh, Jared Cook, going to have really low ownership. And this is another one of those funnel defenses. I love the call. 
Yeah, uh, they ranked bottom five against expectation last year, this year, over the last five weeks. Uh, in the, over the past two seasons, they've led the league in percentage of receiving fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Uh, definitely agree, and good call on Croft. Tyler? Just Thanks. more more Bengals, more Andy Dalton red hair connections. Any, any uh, Anyone he throws the ball to. In, so uh, in, in Eifert's last game, too, against Cleveland, he had uh, two touchdowns as well. Poor, poor Tyler Eifert, man. That guy, him and Gronk, the tight ends, they take such a beating over the middle on that. So uh, I guess that's going to do it for the Pro Football Focus Show. Everybody have a safe. If you're going out tonight, it's uh, one of the biggest bar nights of the year. Please don't do anything silly. Have a good night. Have a good Thanksgiving as well. For Scott, Tyler, and Pro Football Focus, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody. Yeah. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com.